Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is the world as it is today. Hey, everybody, we're back. We're back. We're in business. We've been having a lot of family fun lately. Yeah, it's been two weeks since we sat down to record. Um, last week, you might have checked out the uh, replay of the You Are Missing the Point podcast episode that we recorded in May. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice that Drew uh, let us uh, release that one so that we had something to put out while we tried to have a summer filled with fun, family fun. <laughs> I just felt cheated because he doesn't exist. Because of the heat, because of Australia. Australia. I mean, he clearly stated towards the end of that that Australia doesn't exist, and thereby he doesn't. So we just kind of wasted our time hanging out with Elon Musk or something. <laughs> nah, no, that was great. It was it was really great. Great to talk to someone from a different country. Great to, you know, talk about all the all the things that he led us around on and that was yeah. was great. And that was his first episode, and I was really impressed by how good of a host he was. He was so. Like organized and, and good at leading a conversation. I had cool questions and opened well and closed well. Like he just did a really good job. Yep. Um, and since then he's got maybe three more episodes after that one. So if you haven't listened already, check them out. Um, some cool people on there for sure. Uh, and he's come to my workshop too. He came to the oh, fermentation yeah, right. for food preservation workshop or did he i think that's i the think one. that's the yeah. one you did yeah. you did a different time yep i did it in uh on a friday evening because then it was like saturday like late morning for him to be yeah. able to join on his day off um which i'm doing again um on friday august 12th at 5 p.m pacific time we're going to do another online zoom workshop for fermentation fermented beverages Mm-hmm. And I did it at that time so Drew can come. So Drew will be there at that one. We've got a, um, Mimi from um, the Godcast, Goodness Over Darkness podcast with Emmanuel Kingman. She's She'll be there again. This is her third workshop. And um, I've got uh, another couple that's a big fans of Deborah Gets Red Pilled, uh, Laura and Dave. And they're going to come and this will be their third workshop as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm always... Um, I don't know. It feels really nice to have people return for, for more workshops because it, I think it says something about the whole thing. If you want to come back, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'd love to have some new people there too. Uh, so again, August 12th at five it, uh, is the fermented beverages workshop where we'll do kombucha and kvass and tapache and all the fun drinks that you can still have time to do this summer before it's no longer fresh fruit season in many places. Mm-hmm. And then um, fermented uh, vegetables. So fermentation for food preservation, the original class, the best first one to take is going to be on the 21st of August at 2 p.m. Pacific. And that's a Sunday. So for anybody who has not done one yet and you've been on the fence and you want to, I would love it if you came to that one first. That's that's the st- great, greatest starting point um, to understanding fermentation, food preservation, food safety, and starting to make any kind of fermented vegetable. Excellent. So um, what we were going to talk about today. Well, I think we could, uh, we could mention that uh, my work schedule changed. My, oh, uh, yeah. My, ma- my matrix work schedule changed. Uh, that uh, I used to work five days a week, and now I work four days a week, uh, which, is, which is really great for me. Really, really great because I have too much to do. And this came about very rapidly. It was like one day I was, and, and the days in which I work are different too. So, um, so I just have a completely new schedule. It happened 
nearly overnight. I kind of knew it was a possibility. And then one day I went to work, had a long conversation with the boss. And then it was like, hey, that day was my Friday. I don't come back for for uh, three days. So it was kind of thrust upon me very quickly. And I have a fairly rigid schedule that I stick to uh-huh. outside of work. I, I really, I mean that you have a schedule and I avoid the schedule as much as possible, but nevertheless, I have like projects kind of lined up, you know, to get this done by this weekend and this done by this weekend. And suddenly I have an extra day every week Yeah. and it has made it that, uh, what, three weeks in a row I've had an extra day to spend time with the family, yeah. which has been in- insanely important and good. Um, it has been really, really, really good. I have spent a lot of time with each individual of my family separately as well as um, all together. And it's been, it is, I, I think it's strengthened us as a family unit. I know that this won't last. The schedule will, but I will get used to having that amount of time to get work done and it will start, it'll get filled up and it'll feel normal and then I would need an extra day off to like find extra time again for now in the summer it's really been great to fill that with like family time because and especially because our eight-year-old yeah he's an eight-year-old he's homeschooled there's kids around here but he doesn't particularly get along with some of them maybe any of them (laughs) I don't know I don't want to talk about that uh but he 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 and I get along really really well and we love spending time together. And I feel like I disappoint him on a daily basis by only spending like what a, an hour or two with him. Uh, he wants to ride bikes for six hours with his dad, and I, at best, will give him an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so it's been really, really special to spend, uh, particularly with him. It's been special with all of you, but with him, uh, the first weekend of this that I had, I threw him in the car with no plan ahead of time. Maybe I told him the night before because I came up with it the night before, but it was very, it was a very surprise. Get in the car. We're driving to an island um, that's, I don't know how, it was more than an hour, less than two hours, an hour and a half away uh, from here. Uh, Whidbey Island, which um, you have to go over, you go over two islands. These are bridged islands. Uh, We went over a really cool bridge, the Deception Pass Bridge which is a super high up bridge. And we actually parked and walked the bridge both directions just to, just to feel that. That's something that's not as fun when uh, you go with the mom. That's true. If you have any fear of heights, which I actually have a tiny bit, I I have my moments. I am like, I just like my instincts tell me to lay down. (laughs) <laughs> on that bridge, like, don't do that because there's, I'm going to get run over by a car. It's, it's heavy traffic as well. It's heavy traffic. And there's not much of a sidewalk. There is space to walk, but it's single file. It's like, but I like, I want to lay down and just let people walk past me. You know, like I just, and, and there's that one spot. I don't know if you have been over it enough to be familiar. There's one spot where the rails kind of bent out uh-huh. and it's like, you're like, Oh, is that a little spot for you to like be able to lean out and look over? 
And and it is. It's solid. I've done it right there, but it's not. It's totally something hit it like a crash like happened. twenty years ago. Well, that's that. Interesting is we were on that bridge once, uh, and we parked on the bridge. There's a spot where you can pull off on the bridge, and it's like you know five parking spots or something. I think that's uh, that's Deception Island. And you can like yeah get off and go on this little rock that they've got there. That's an island that's as as high up as the bridge is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that, and we kind of looked under the bridge and stuff, and then. That was okay because there's land there because of the island. It wasn't walking on the bridge, so I was all right. Like there was some spots where I was like, "Oh, don't get close to the edge," <laughs> but mm-hmm. of the when we were on the rock and under the bridge. But while we were there, a car accident happened, and that car accident blocked the bridge completely in both directions. So people who were on the bridge were stuck on the bridge, and people who were almost on the bridge were stuck where they were too because there's no turnarounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just stuck on that bridge for like, I don't remember, like, I don't know, four hours, like something really, it long. was a Two long time. Hours, it was a least. long time. I was pregnant with our first son. Was that the time? That you and were we pregnant? played yeah. a hooky from work. I went uh-huh. home or er- I said, I didn't feel good. And I went home early and I was like, let's just do something fun. Cause I really, mine didn't feel good was I didn't feel like being there. I was having <laughs> problems with a coworker and I was like, I just need a break. Yeah. So instead of freaking out and going postal while I was there, we took a drive. Um, we were going to go out and look at the water. You did know, we, did we go to that park that's probably called deception pass park that's right on the other side from that's here. where we were going yeah. yeah so we were like i don't well, know we, that the accident was on the other side we couldn't get back oh we were leaving to we were home. leaving we were going oh, okay. home yeah okay we'd, we'd so had we had a, we'd had a day park. I, re- yeah. I remember that aspect yeah. too because it was like we spent a lot of time just sitting looking out at strawberry island that's out there which is named that because apparently it's just packed with wild strawberries oh, and how cool it would be if we could uh be stuck on that island know, instead so of this stupid little one that like people park on every day and it's got garbage on it yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, the bridge itself is really amazing. It's really high up. It, it's it's uh, according according to Wikipedia that I just pulled up. It's 180 feet above the water, uh, which of course starts out not so high because you're up on the land. And then as you walk, you know you keep looking down. Our, me and my son, like every every 10 steps, he's like, let's look now. And it's like, whoa, look, we're above the trees. Now let's look now. Whoa, we're way above the trees. Let's look now. Oh, I can barely see those rocks down there. And then eventually <sighs> we're over the water. Oh, my gosh. Which it's, according to this, it's 180, but it feels like a cool 200. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's... And it's a long bridge, too. It's more than a quarter mile. Um, so it's like... It's a long, it's, long it's, walk. It's a, it's a nice long walk, and we kept, you know, I don't know, it's it's fairly long, but we spent uh, every every one minute of walking, we'd we'd stop and look over the edge because it's really neat. It's called Deception Pass, if I understand right, because uh, it tore ships apart a lot of times coming through there in the in the early old days, probably you know when the Spanish were exploring the area in the late 1700s or something, because it. It looks like nice, calm water, I guess, when you're coming into it. And they go, oh, let's sail through here. But then the the it, the, the currents are going every which direction. It just tosses ships into these rocks in this narrow passage. Yeah. So, but it's cool when you're looking down at it from the perspective we had, you can see whirlpools like all over the place because there's, there's so much turbulence going there. So you see a little whirlpool form and then disappear and then another one over here. And, uh, and again, it feels like you're like 200 feet above this stuff. So it's kind of, kind of gives you that, that, uh, 
anxiety of heights that I get every once in a while. You know, this is this is one of those spots. Same as like looking over a dam or, you know, just certain things like I just feel it for just a moment. Uh, I can overcome it. It's not crippling or anything, but it's it's kind of fun to feel every now and again. Look, looking at these, um, there's a three foot wide sidewalk on each side of the bridge. So it's only three foot wide, the one I'm going to lay down on uh-huh. if I go there. Um, there's bridge facts on the Wikipedia page also says there was 12 total suicides by jumping from the bridge in 2009. Oh, wow. And there was 15 in 2010. I wish that they would have some 2020 statistics to compare that to. Cause geez, that was a rough year. Holy shit. I didn't know they, they don't have that on the plaques as you're walking around. No, that's there. good. Cause that just encourages more people to do it. But you know, similar to like the golden gate bridge is a, a place people go intentionally, you know, like they seek it out. I think if you're anywhere in Washington, you know, deception pass, it's a beautiful place and it's really high up and there's the waters down there are no good, mm-hmm. you know, for swimming. So that's sad. Uh, anyway, let's end that here. No, I'm just kidding. So yeah, well, no, let's uh, let's move along from there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I could talk bridges for hours, but <laughs> um, but we'll we'll move on um, because we were well, that was just a, a a little side stop that we had on this on this nice long trip that we took. Uh, we then crossed that bridge, um, from Fidego Island over to Whidbey Island, which is a pretty large Island. Mark Sargent, the flat earther lives there. We did not run into him. I'm sad to say. Um, (laughs) but also on that Island is, um, is an old fort, um, Fort Casey, which was a, uh, a military installation that has, is long defunct and now is a state park. And that was our destination. That was our final destination for this, for this trip that we, was somewhat impromptu. And I've been going there since I was a boy, you know, going, I don't know, every few years when I was a kid. I even rode my bike there once. I don't think I've ever told you that. You uh, rode your bike to Fort Casey? Yeah. From, Whoa. From here. How, that's an hour, over an hour drive. It's it like was, an hour and a half drive. It was a week long excursion and you camped on the way you camped on the way and we built trails while we were at deception pass park for the state and um it was all part boy scouts it was for someone's eagle scout project did you did you bike back or did somebody pick you up with a truck nope we biked back whoa yeah that's amazing yeah it was an excursion it was it was great it was like a like when i was in scouts our troop would do like once a year we would do a a big trip and that was our big trip that year and it was based around someone's last year and his eagle scout project and that was going to be at deception pass park so we decided to do something there and as we looked at everyone's schedules and times and everything that was available we had enough time so we did a, a full bicycle trip that's so cool it was great um one of the reasons that i encourage people to join the scouts uh, or no, that's I, what they used to do. I doubt they would do <laughs> stuff actually. like that anymore. And also that's why I encourage people to have a good working bicycle because in the event of a zombie apocalypse, it is the best form of transportation. I think zombies can throw sticks in your spokes though. <laughs> no, they can't. No? They just like try to grab you and then their arm bones fall oh, off. Oh, are you going off the movie version of what zombies are? No, I'm going, I'm going off the, the scientific one and they're really smart and fast. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was, I, you're going the 28 days later route. Yeah. I, yeah. That's what I, I was doing. definitely going off the more like Fulci and, and George 
Romero yeah, yeah. stuff and the zombie survival the, guide. The kind that can Brooks. grab your head slowly and pull it really, 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 really slowly towards a, a nine inch shard of wood. Yes. And, and, and it slowly goes into your eyeball yeah, and or... you just go, no. <laughs> if anyone listening like has seen that movie, that's so great. That's such a good description. Yeah. No, I was thinking more of zombies that like, really, really slowly pour your face towards them and like maggots drop out of their eye sockets into yeah, your yeah, mouth. Yeah. I much prefer those two. I was just trying to be a smart ass about <laughs> <laughs> bicycles and zombies. But yeah, no, uh, zombies aside, if, if there was no more gasoline, bikes are a really great way to get around pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, I've been riding a bike for the first time in a, in a long time. I ride a little bit here and there, but I've been riding an adult-sized bike for the first time in years and yeah. years. And I kind of like it. It's, it's fun. pretty fun. It's like freeing. Like, yeah, it is. It's uh, it's such a great, well, it's like fast. It's not like walking. You're going fast. So you got wind and all that. So you can stay a little bit cooler and, you know, you're moving along. But you have the vision that you have when, you, when you're walking versus when you're driving where you're stuck in that little metal box. And yeah. you're looking yeah. through, in my case, an extremely dirty windshield at all times. And it'd be like if, like we've talked about how it'd be fun to take a, a road trip on a on a motorcycle or yeah. even more so like a convertible because you'd have the comfort of the car with like this open and just being able to see panoramic views yeah yeah that would be that's uh that's one of those those things for for retirement mm-hmm. which will never happen no. the trip might but retirement will yeah no um so anyway we uh we went to fort casey and um Fort Casey was, uh, like, like I said, I've been going there since I was young. I loved going there when I was real young, especially like that, that trip with the scouts, because, you know, we all had flashlights and stuff and this is an underground, um, facility. Yeah. Tell for, for people who don't know what Fort Casey is, it's in Washington Mm -hmm. on the, on the coast. It was built in the late 19th century, along with two other, uh, forts, they were called the Triangle of Fire, uh, Warrington and Flagger or something were the names of the other ones. They're in like Port Townsend and somewhere else. Uh, if you're familiar with the outlined image of Washington State, uh, there's the Olympic Peninsula is on the is on the far uh, west or left side of that image. And then it cuts way in. So there's like kind of like a little chunk missing. Well, for one thing, that there is land there. If you're familiar with maps of the United States, it might look empty, but that's actually uh, part of Vancouver, BC. Vancouver that's Vancouver Island. Island comes all the way down, all through there, and there are islands all the way through all of that. That's the San, San Juan. Sand of right? Juan de Fuca Strait. Strait <laughs> Strait of Juan de Fuca. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't say straight twice, um, which was explored throughout the 1700s by the 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 Spanish and, you know, even though this area wasn't supposedly populated until like, what was it, like 1850? Huh. Yeah. Weird. Huh. Um, but, um, so 1850 people started living around there. There were some people living on this Whidbey Island and they decided as well as Port Townsend and, and these, and the other, I don't remember where that other one was. Um, is it another Island? No, I think, I think it's also like, this was the Island and then, uh, Port Townsend and the other one were on the oh, mainland. On the mainland, okay. And then um, 
between those, they were called the Triangle of Fire, and it made it that ships entering the United States via the Puget Sound was impossible. They would, there was, there were, they had a visual line on all waters for anyone coming in. They could be coming from Canada. They could be coming from from farther west. They could be coming from the south. It didn't matter. That was, it was they. This was to fortify and and secure the United States. So they had a line of sight in all directions, and each of those forts had cannons. Is yes. that right? So more specifically, disappearing cannons. They were on um, uh, a stand with with a set of gears that you would load them while they were down, and then you would crank them up, and they would pop up over the edge of this cliff, this otherwise cliff, and then shoot, and then be brought right back down. I don't know. I read a lot of plaques there, and I think they said that the, the fastest they could do it was in 25 seconds. They could have it go up, fire, and down. Well, that's pretty so, quick. So then you, like, not only are you being fired upon, and you didn't see it coming, then you don't might, maybe don't see where it came from yeah, because that cannon disappears so quickly. It was really touted amongst these plaques as being the height of modern technology uh, as they as they built this place. Which they which they did in 1897, so very very end of the 19th century. They began construction on this, and I've seen it from the water. I've been out on the water out there, and um, I kind of know it's there because yeah. I know it's there. But boy, you wouldn't see it if you were just uh, if you were just floating in. You you wouldn't you would just see a big cliff. Yeah, because that's now a big uh, ferry path. Yeah. So when you take the ferry from Whidbey Island to area Port Townsend, to Port Townsend, where another one was, I've never been to an, any of these other bases. I don't think they're like state parks or, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't really explored Port Townsend or Port Angeles for, yeah, for some reason. Some, it's always a pass through. Something we can look into for yeah, shorter trips For sure, because the then future. you get the ferry and that's a good experience for kids. Yeah. Um, the But yeah, when I've been on the ferry with you, I remember us standing out on you know, and looking um, at that hillside as we pulled into Fort like, Casey. Oh, look, there's the bathrooms from that park. Yeah. So that means it's all along here. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see how it's man structured. Yeah. As opposed to being a natural formation. Right. Um, so 1897, they started building it, of which there were no pictures of the building of this at the whole place. There was no pictures of the construction. The construction of it. Uh, okay. I did find one picture online um, before we left. Uh, just I was the, the night before I, you know, spent an hour or something reading everything I could about the place before I went, so that I didn't like, so I could look at things when I got there, as opposed to look at stuff when I get there and then come home and then read about it and be like, oh, what did that look like? Um, the only one fi- picture I saw, I'm certain, was not this place. Uh, it showed a bunch of people stacking blocks, and nothing was made out of blocks in this whole place. It was huh. all, uh, what would the term be? It like formed concrete, fortified, formed concrete. Yeah. There were no blocks. Even there's a lighthouse out there, and there are. It is. It is made of like cast concrete. Um, and they kind of tout that there was this was new technology at the time to be able to to put together such extreme concrete structures and have them hold. And I got to say, there's hardly any cracks. There's, I mean, these things aren't cracked like anywhere practically at all. I'm 
it's they, they've they've held up really well. I don't know if that's because there's never been an earthquake in that territory, or or what. Huh. But um, boy, they've they've held up well. It is it is well done concrete. Okay. Maybe there's blocks inside of that, and then they smeared them with concrete. But boy, I sure think that would really be cracked up. Yeah. You know, sure. that would just be a facade. So I don't really know how they built them, but I don't think that that one picture I saw was accurate. Um, and uh, they just don't really talk about the construction much. Yeah. Uh, all they have to say is that they started it in uh, 1897 and they finished by 1901. And it was like, yeah, they did this fast. And they installed several of these disappearing guns plus a whole bunch of, and those were all 10 inch cannons. Um, then there were a bunch of other ones that were like three inch and five inch, uh, smaller cannons. And, um, uh, they, they had it all set and they only ever used it for training before it became defunct because the airplane came along in 1903, Okay. two years after the completion and the airplane made it that anyone could fly right over this place and see everything that was going on. Thus making the whole thing pointless. And they said, oh, okay, this isn't, this isn't the future. This was the height of modern technology until the airplane became the height of modern technology and completely changed the game and made the place worthless. Huh. It did remain a training facility until the 50s or something. Yeah. Um, so, but not for those disappearing guns. Um and uh, th those just became defunct. They were no longer a thing. Uh, they might as well keep them up all the time. They didn't need to have them on these on these carts that could could go up and down, uh, because anybody, like I said, could just fly over and see what guns they have. There was no need to hide them. Uh, and from what I could tell, they were basically never used. They were only ever used for training because they thought they would need them one day. Mm -hmm. And then they decided we'll never need them one day, and they stopped training on them. They just used the place as general training facility. So I, I think I remember that they did they actually remove the cannons so they were gone, and yeah. then they brought some in from somewhere else to put them back so the park could be more historically accurate. So that's one of those uh, you got to read between the lines. Okay. Uh, the lot again, a lot of plaques, um, <laughs> a lot of plaques at this place, which is an interesting way. I was noting, you know, like. You know, this is a way that you can have people never understand the big picture here because they read it all in these snippets as they walk around. And I had read a bunch of stuff online the day before, like I said, and, and very few, if anybody, put everything together for you. You know, it's just like a, ooh, I went here, you know, blogs. I went to Fort Casey and I learned that it was built in, in 1897. Yeah. But they don't mention that it was became defunct uh, just a couple of years later. Um the cannons themselves were all melted down uh, for World War II. They needed it. They needed the metal. So they, they took the cannons out yep, after no never cannons. actually using them and mm -hmm. melted them down to use for something else. But you read that on one plaque and it's like, oh, you, you must assume that they took most of them, but not all of them because there are two of them there. Two of these 10-inch ones, one up and one down. One in the up position and one in the down position. And you can see where there were several more uh, where the, the concrete's laid out that they, you know, after you've looked at the two that are there, then you look at the other ones, you go, oh, okay. You know, this is where, you know, they had like, I don't know, five of these things. And there's, no, it was more like 10 and there's two left. 
And uh, so you just kind of put that together in your head and then you keep on walking. And if you spend enough time there that you get all the way over to where the three inch guns, which are not nearly as interesting, there's one of those, maybe there were two, but it's, it's kind of, you're, you're way around the side, like compared to, there's a bunch of people there. They're all looking at those cool big cannons. Yeah. And if you spend enough time, you get over to where the communications room is, which was the only place that me and uh, the son got, uh, we got a little creeped out in there. It was really dark. There was a passageway that we did not take because it was a little too, a little too freaky. Mm -hmm. And it really was like, I felt the freakiness too. It wasn't just him. Uh, but across from there anyway. So by, by this time too, there's nobody around. I mean, like we saw one set of three people the whole time we were over on this area and there's the three inch guns, which like I said, aren't as interesting. And there's a plaque there that explains how all of the guns that are here came from the Philippines in the sixties. I think it said when it became a state park, they brought in guns that though defunct, had never been melted down. They hadn't gotten to melting them down for World War II, so there were a few left, and we're lucky enough to have gotten those here. So, again, it doesn't really matter, maybe, but it's just notable that how many of those people maybe have pictures of themselves putting their hand on a 10-inch cannon and saying, I'm touching a gun that has been in the same place for a hundred and... And they just didn't make it over years. to that other plaque that tells you otherwise. Yeah, you're it, like, no, it was not. Um, I don't even think, I mean, maybe they were from a U.S. base in the Philippines. So maybe they were used by people from the United States. But still, it's just, it's just, it's not exactly what it seems to be. And um, you have to read a lot of plaques, a lot of plaques <laughs> to, yeah. to like piece it all together. And nobody's doing that. I mean, no young people are... I never read the plaques in places like this when I was a kid. I'd let the adults do it and kind of tell me something. Um, and then uh, what adults are actually hitting all of the plaques and how many people are reading a plaque and then they go to another one and it's talking about a different point in time. And, and they just it, can't it's put just, it all together. There's like no need to. You just assume that it's all right there for you. So like even this Wikipedia page is only like, you don't even have to scroll down. It's so short. Right. Yeah. And do they mention that the stuff was melted down and we got oh, the guns from... I didn't actually read it. I just put it up in case I needed to glance at anything. I kind of feel like it doesn't talk about that. Uh, it says, it says the disappearing carriages currently mounted at Fort Casey were transferred from the Philippines oh, in the 1960s, along with two, three inch guns. So you're retaining the information from the plaques. You hadn't actually read this Wikipedia no, I, page? No, I had not. Well, that's kind of um, cool. I, <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's, uh, da, da, da. Yeah, there's nothing too um, interesting here. It's just, it's telling you it's like battery worth um, was in the Philippines, Grand Island, Fort Wint. Yeah, it's just telling you where the guns came from. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't, um, does it say... Uh, see, this is why I didn't want. To, I wanted to just glance at it. I'm, I'm hearing. I'm actually reading it. Um, but it says um, that most of the gun mortars were removed during World War One, which I don't think I read on a plaque. Mm -hmm. uh, where when they were mounted to rail cars, yeah. The, see, that was never 
So I don't know if that's true. Or I don't know if the yeah. plaques are true, but you know, they never mentioned World War One anywhere in the place. They it it would have been left for, for me to fill in that during World War One, this place was defunct. They had a bunch of cannons that were all down, and um, nobody touched them or used them. It was just a training facility for for soldiers. So is this your first time being back to this park since exploring hidden history and, uh, you know, deeply? Yeah. 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 Because I think the last time you would have gone, our eight year old was like three or four. If that. Yeah. He was little. Yeah. And, um, and he and I, it was similar. It was like I had an extra day off and I just threw him in the old Buick rest in peace. And, uh, (laughs) we went down there. We didn't like talk a lot because he wasn't a talker yet yeah that's like, that's, that's hard that's, to imagine that's how that's how young he was yeah, you know like we listened to music him, and we went and i remember people gave me a real hard time there were uh like other people there and they saw i was letting this like two or three year old climb ladders on this concrete structure and they were outright telling me that that was dangerous and that i shouldn't do that um which you know fuck them uh, <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't have much more to say about the place. It's not all that interesting in the really, really vast grand scheme of things. But it is interesting because it's close by. And I think that everybody has things that are close by that are like this. And the, the only reason I'm even talking about it is I, I just want to point out that the, the, the history of every little thing is a little off from what you think it is. Yeah, if you really look into it, it's not exactly what you thought it was, and then it leaves often leaves a lot more questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you actually put it all together. If you don't just do like an academic does, where you go and you read the plaque and you go, no, I'm smart. And then you no. go read another plaque and you go and you come home and you go, guess what? I read all of the plaques. <laughs> and maybe somebody else was like, they got a book on it. And it, and that book lists all the different plaques. Yeah, right. It tells you everything that's on which there are before the night before when I was looking at um, stuff online, I did see there are multiple books that are written about the place. So, you know, there are people out there who probably fully comprehend the history. There are also people like myself who go and they read all the plaques and they kind of put it together and they go, huh, wow. So they spent, you know, like the equivalent of millions and millions of dollars to build a place to call it defunct three years later. Yeah, sounds like the government. Sounds, That's what most yeah, people do. Sounds, and then just walk sounds, away. sounds stupid. But most people won't get that far. They won't get that it was super expensive. They won't get that it, it was, uh, it took a few years to build. It took longer to build than it was in use. Yeah. You know, uh, just just think about that. And I think that that repeats itself all over the place. And I encourage everyone that's listening to check out check out places with plaques, historical places <laughs> with plaques. And uh, think about what I just said, that those plaques may actually be there to deliberately confuse you, right. to make it that you don't put the history together and that you walk away going, wow, that's a neat historic place I just visited. It's very interesting. So, but that's not it for our fun summer. No, nope. uh, for our fun month. It's only been yeah. a month, less so then than a month. The next weekend, we decided to go to the water slides. Yeah, we had a, a real family fun day oh. in a family fun place. <laughs> in the, the stereotype of family fun, which is like the parents are not having fun. The kids are crazy hyper. And like, it's just like... Uh, it feels like you're draining your money and your energy. That it's like Disneyland. Was, it was family fun, like on a local level, whereas 
Fort Casey, I think we're some of the only local-ish people there. Yeah, this is like a road trip it's tourist. It's not far from that ferry, the Washington State Ferry, that goes from Whidbey to Port Townsend. And almost everyone there is on vacation, and they're traveling probably out to the Olympic Peninsula. And uh, they have to wait an extra couple hours for the ferry, so they stop at this place. Right. But we went to the water slides. We went to our local water slides, which if you know where we live, we're in northwest washington it's really weird that there's water slides here i'll yeah. just say like it makes sense that there's one there's like a wild waves or something by in the seattle area. seattle area and like that makes sense because it's so populated that you could you know jam a lot of people in there through the you know two months out of and the I, year where it's actually fun to go to the water slides we've never been to any but i believe there's several that are just north of us in in Vancouver area. Yeah, there's a few in BC. Um, I went to one when I was a kid, and um, yeah, that w- that's better than this. But our local one is in Birch Bay, Washington. It's the Birch Bay Water Slides. They have like four longer slides that all start from one platform. They have a small pool that only gets to five feet deep. They've got a, another tiny pool that's a, for little kids that Kitty have lot. two tiny, you know, three tiny slides. And then they have a um, another like river raft type of uh, water slide that you go down on an inner tube, and like a big flat one that goes really fast and is really short right yeah. next to it into another pool. And then they do have what they built like much later. Like that was all there when I was a kid. And then they built these two black water slides, and they're like the extreme ones. One goes like straight down basically, where you're like you have to cross your legs and hold your arms a certain way so you like don't fly off of it. Mm-hmm. And they have another one in um, on that same platform, which this dwarfs the other ones. It goes up yeah. twice as high. Yeah, those are those are big. I've never been on those. So, uh, so the, so the base- other one is the tube slide where you go down on an inner tube and it's pitch black, oh, dark pitch through black the whole thing. Oh, pitch black and a lot of twists and turns. Yeah, I've been stuff. down on that one once, and I have not gone on the straight down one because I'm not retarded. But if you want to see butts, you can hang out at the end of the straight down one because everyone's swimsuit oh. <laughs> is completely crammed up their asshole yeah, when they come down that water slide. It's crazy. Yeah, I've never been on those. Uh, if we include those and we exclude the three little baby ones, uh, it's like four, six, eight slides total. A pretty small park in comparison to what a lot of people think of when they think of the water slides. Yeah. Um, and uh, kind of run down, grimy looking, you know, a lot of stains. You know? uh, yeah, a lot of patches on patches the floor of the and... pools and stuff of different colors of paint. And yeah. You, they're, they're, I think the most revealing is the uh, changing room slash bathroom. It's disgusting. The men's bathroom had so much shit in it. Uh, was, there's nowhere to like set some, anything. Someone had diarrhea out their pants in there. And, and the whole so floor is like an inch of water. And it's like the bathrooms, the showers... Uh, and the changing area are all the same. There's only one little enclosure to change in the woman's one. And there's nowhere to set anything and there's no hooks to hang anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, so we know that ahead of time. And we plan to like wear our swimsuits there and get out of the water for long enough that we're dry enough to go in the car without having to change. Like yep. changing the kids is one thing, but changing, I, I'm not going to change in there. It's just not. I ain't set my clothes down nowhere in that place. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? No. And I don't even want to like pull my feet through a pair of underwear after stepping on that floor. You know, like it's I, just... I did change this time. Yeah. But all I changed was like my shorts and I never stepped on the floor. You yeah. know, it's like pull 
pull my foot out of my shoe and take one leg out and put it right back in and then do the other and then put on <laughs> underwear and, sh- and regular shorts and I'm out. And to pay $27 to go and use those kind of facilities. It's like yeah, crazy. But, you know, I think 27 is probably cheap. Oh, I don't know what the tickets, going rate you know, is. It's, yeah, I bet that someone who goes to Wild Waves or other, you know, big, big places, they'd be like, what? It's it's less than 30 bucks? Yeah. That's crazy. And you can stay there all day if you do that? Yeah, you could stay there all day, but man, I'm bored 10 minutes after I get there. Yeah, so we can we can go into some details of, of how that, that place is situated. And, and I think the first notable thing as you pull up... Yeah, what was that thing? It was on the side of the road, like kind of in the field that's right next to it. Like, oh, yeah, a super low, super huge cell tower. Yeah, so a giant 5G cell tower, the one with like three... Three, um, three like, big, three-sided, triangle-shaped... Uh, yeah, like the three levels. So like there's, you know how the, the panels go around once? There's three rings of those panels mm-hmm. around this thing. And it is... It's, it's what sh- I would call a full-size cell tower but it's shorter it's not as high up but it's like 30 feet tall and I'm like, like those those tall those those big uh ones those go up about as high as those fins were on that thing yeah yeah it's like that was lower than the tree the evergreen yeah there trees. were there were cedar trees right next to it that were that were taller and in fact it uh it it makes that one i had i had noted that one prior to this day i let us go in spite of that no, um, uh, and you don't see it until you see the water park because there's a forest and then, so you... when you're, yeah, when you're driving into the water park, you can't see it cause the trees block it. But when you get into the water park or into the parking lot and you look out towards the parking lot, it's like, Whoa, there's that right there staring at Just us right there. And Just I don't right know there. I've, like I've, the whole time I found like you've, you've found it interesting that there is often those towers nearby water sources of some kind creeks yeah. or or the the bay or um, water rivers, storage tanks water storage tanks um and then now here it is next to the water slides it's also notable they're often by schools if mm-hmm. there's a water storage or a body of water next to a school i guarantee that there's going to be one yeah and then this is notable it's not a school by any means but it's a place that's packed with kids and there's water bam it's almost predictable that, that there's going to be one there. What's weird about this one to me, though, is how short it is for how big it is. Usually the ones that are this big are at least 60, at least yeah. double the height, I would yeah. say. Um, sometimes they're even more than that. Sometimes they're they're on, instead of being on a pole, they're on like scaffolding that start, starts out with a super wide footprint so that it could be, you know, maybe over 100 feet high. I feel like it should have been at least like as tall as the trees that were around it. And th- this one was half as tall as the And trees. it's also notable that this is low in general because we're at water level or we're at sea level. We were at sea level, yes. Because we're, we're right at the bay. Yeah, we're, we're like just above the bay, like on a tiny hill uh, just above the bay. Yeah, we're, we're like, you know, 20 feet above like you, sea level. You can't see the water from the parking lot, but when you've climbed the stairs for the water slides, you, you can, can see it, look no over problem. the bay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know what my, what I noticed more than anything there? What? I mean, well, obviously there's that. But I can get over that and just accept that, yeah, I'm being radiated this whole time, whatever. But just observing people, I... I don't know. Maybe it's always been this way. Maybe I'm just more open about it now than ever before. But God damn, I've never seen so much sunscreen in my life. 
Oh my, yeah. Um, there was that interesting phenomenon when you see someone who's really pale, you're like, oh, they look sick. Something's wrong. They're like chalky. And then you realize they're like slathered with sunscreen so much that you can see it on their skin, like all this, you know, stroke marks yeah. of like smearing it on. It's like every part, a part of bare skin is like so covered I, in this Casper stuff. So I had questions about that, which weren't answered and I'm not probably gonna answer unless I talk to someone who uses a lot of sunscreen. Um, I don't know. Is it that they're just not rubbing it in well enough? Is it that they heard that it works better if it's not rubbed all the way in? Is it that it's a new type of sunscreen that is, does not absorb and rub in, you know, like I, I don't quite get what that is. Although it's really notable as well that those weren't the only pe- that wasn't everyone. Yeah. And those weren't the only people wearing sunscreen because you just like look out and you would see multiple poofs of people spraying the spray Aer- stuff. The aerosol stuff. The aerosol yeah. stuff, which didn't leave the white film. But that white film is disgusting looking. Like, like I don't care what people look like. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying you look disgusting if you wear this stuff. I'm saying you look like you're sick. You yeah. look so pale. Like... Like there were multiple people that I saw from a distance, especially when we first got there, who I was like, oh man, that person looks very ill. Like, why are they out in the sun and wearing swim trunks? And then you get closer and you realize you can see the white marks. Yeah. They're, they're wiped yeah. all over with this stuff and it makes them look like they should be vomiting in bed. So I feel like, I feel like... There is sunscreen never completely absorbs into your skin and that's how it works. There's um, some pictures online you can find where they use some kind of camera to look at people who have put sunscreen on and you can see it with this kind of lens. Like an ultraviolet light. Yeah. Or even like a, what's it when when it's inverted, you know, like color, you know, something like that. It's like, it's like one of those ghost cams and you can see it all. I know those. Yeah. So I don't know, some kind of a different lens and you could see the sunscreen on their, on their, their product or their makeup or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was this article about how it doesn't really absorb in and that's how it works is it literally creates a barrier okay. between you and the so sun. So some, are just more clear it than will, If you apply a reasonable amount and you spend more time massaging it in, then you won't visibly able to be seeing it with the eye, but it still creates that barrier. It's Whereas other people are like slathering it on in a lot and then they're not rubbing it in more and then that's leaving the, that white chalky stuff all okay. over. So... This is like maybe the first time I've really talked about uh, sunscreen out loud. Yeah. Because I used to wear it a lot. I haven't worn it in years. And you didn't wear it like everywhere. You would like put it on the back of your no, neck. No, I'd put it on the back of my neck and maybe my arms. Or, or maybe your or nose my, my or your nose forehead. and face. But yeah, my neck and face. That's what I'd really hit yeah. up. Uh, like if I had a lot of outdoor work uh, to do. But I haven't done that in at least three years. At least three years. This is since before we lived here. Yeah, before we lived here for sure. Um but okay, so you but you probably know more about it than me because yes. I've just never really cared. But it's a stereotype. The camp counselor or the um, lifeguard has a layer of it over their nose. Yeah, it's, what's that about? It's uh, it's it's. Um, Is that just them being stupid? A type of sunscreen that was popular, I think, in the eighties, and that's the, that's what you're thinking of. It's just like yeah. this, like th- this thick. 
layer of sunscreen on the nose. I don't get it. I don't know what it is. To me, it's cartoonish. It reminds me of that Salute Your Shorts yep. show that's, on that's Nickelodeon. That's why I said camp counselor, not because just what that. was his name? Ugg Ugg Lee. Oh, that okay. was the camp counselor. Really? Name. <laughs> no, yeah. That's funny. It's been forever. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I remember that. But yeah, he would have, you know, like the uh, the fishing ha- bucket hat on and the yeah. sunscreen and like a whistle, you know, and that's that's what I think. And, of and he is that that's also like a stereotype for like the stupid lifeguard. Like maybe there's always a stupidity added to the person who has the visible sunscreen on the nose. I'm not yeah. sure. I haven't paid too much attention to that stereotype, but I know it. I, I can picture it in my head. But in my mind, it was some kind of special sunscreen that was for that but i actually don't know if that's a thing or if that's just the just what i made up in my head when i was a kid is there anything in the conscious of, of everyone that is that if it's thick you're more protected oh sure yeah i think so, think those so, super so, pasty people that are scared of getting sunburned like the real pale skin folks they would want to be like white i want to see their body. it so i know it's working okay and they're probably the ones that are reapplying throughout the day after swimming right Okay. So I don't know if you know this, but coconut oil and olive oil both have about an SPF of 20, 20, 20, 22. I knew that, um, my sister had, it was like, it it was always explained to me that it's not sunblock. Uh It's tanning lotion. Right. That smelled like coconuts. Right. And that stuff was uh, a big deal in the nineties. It was Hawaiian Tropic was a really popular brand. And they would sell different stuff that smelled like sunscreens, but it wasn't, it would be a really low SPF, if anything. Mm -hmm. And then it had like oils and stuff that were supposed to help your skin tan instead of burn. And that didn't actually happen. But like hot girls like smelling like that and they would tan. And my sister. (laughs) Two separate things. (laughs) Two separate things. Um, But yeah, I think... um, the alternative, right, to the sunscreen, which I saw more of this year than I ever have before. I, I want to back up one second. Sure. Because before we planned ahead to go to the water slides and we decided on the date we were going and we matched up with um, one of our eight-year-old's friends so we could meet there and there would yep. be another kid for him to play with. Which was awesome. Which was really smart because it made it so we didn't have to do all the things with him. and be... Because he was native and he liked to swim in the water. <laughs> He's so cool. Like, I'm so, so happy that our guy has this friend. He's like, he's just on the level with him. Like they wrestle, they want to wrestle. They want to run. They're like, just, it's like, they want to play video games, but for like 10 minutes and then run back outside. Yeah. it's, It's like, they're just like the same, the same attention span and intensity and everything, which is good because otherwise you get wussy kids hanging out with your kid. And then there's like all these problems and the kid wants to tell on him and have intervention. It's like these, these guys just play and it's really, really fun. Yeah. So we're really thankful to have them in our lives. And they hardly drown the whole time they were fighting. (laughs) They hardly (laughs) drown. So anyway, we planned ahead because of that. And we were like, what rain or shine, we're going to go. Right. And we're getting closer to the date and I'm seeing all the spring and I'm like, whoa, they're spraying like they did kind of like they did before we had the 106 degree days last summer, which is un, if you know us, we've talked about it before. It's not normal to have a hundred degree days in Northwest Washington, like ever. It's very, very rare, you know, nineties, a couple times. Sure. It doesn't stick around, whatever. Last time was last year was the first time I'd ever heard the news mention the, the, uh, phrase heat dome which now they're saying often, oh, it's a heat dome. This heat's going to stick around for several days. It doesn't even really cool off at night. And it always seems to coincide with tons of airplanes that make the the airplane farts. And then we have a heat dome. It's fucking crazy that they even use the word 
dome. I know. They're like, we're creating this over you. It's the like they. It seems like they wouldn't want to do that when, the, like, they don't want anyone picturing a fucking dome. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry, I won't. Anyway, get on that. So they sprayed, and and then it started to warm up, and I go, oh, it's going to be really hot. And then I looked at the weather report, and the weather report was saying they're tr- they're going to make it hot for us, right? <laughs> so I I was like, okay, this is going to be really hot. It's like the hottest day of the year that we're going. So totally empty skies, blue, but not bright blue. And when we were there, especially near the water, I could see this haziness in the sky. So there's just like, we're being microwaved. It's like aerosol spray over us completely at the water slides. So already there without even, if I went to a nature reserve that was wide open without trees, this is an unnatural environment. There's a 5G tower and spray in the air, right? Um, And sunburns aren't fun. So the answer to it is put poison on your skin. Then there's some other people who think maybe putting poison on your skin isn't great. So their answer to it is wearing full body clothing, swim clothes. So like there, it is more rare than ever that I've ever seen to see a boy with their shirt not on at the, at a water park. You know, that's so true. When we were kids, every little boy had tan lines on their waist and thighs and nowhere else because they wore shorts and no shirt outside all year long, yeah. you know, all of the yeah. warm weather. Right. Yeah. And here we are with kids that have three quarter length sleeves or full length sleeves shirts on and long shorts. Cause it, it's longer than when we were kids, you know, the shorts go down to the yeah, knees at true. least. Yeah, right? Right, right. So basically they don't look like a fag. <laughs> basically their lower parts of their legs and the tops of their feet are tan did, and did you know that's it. that I have new swim trunks because you told me I looked like a fag in my old swim <laughs> yes. trunks because they weren't modern. I was embarrassed of your white legs, your hair, your hair legs. <laughs> my hair legs. <laughs> your hair white legs and your short shorts. And you have another pair of black. I don't know if I've told you, but they're like just like relaxing shorts that are they're too short too. Oh, shit. And then sometimes you like you hike them up and tuck your shirt into them. <laughs> And I'm like, that's mine. All mine. Yeah, <laughs> I is. married that. <laughs> I get the, the weird old dad now. And for some reason, it's kind of hot. I think that's one thing you don't realize when you're younger. You're like, I'm young now and people find me attractive. But then you don't realize when you're older, you're going to find people your same age attractive. So it's weird that I'm like, think this 40 year old man was hiked up short shorts is hot. <laughs> but anyway, it's true. Um, then, uh, so we've got full, full clothes. I even saw some people in the water with bucket hats on. Even saw one lady. I think they were Canadian. I'm guessing they were Canadian. <laughs> she had full, like, pant shorts on that went, like, board shorts, like, longer than those. So, like, midway through her uh, shin, right? She had um, swim, like, uh, socks on. What are they called? Like, aqua socks? socks. She had aqua socks. She had um, a full-length shirt that came down to her, her wrist. And then she had, uh, she had one... Uh, one bucket hat on a, a string around her neck so it was covering her neck and then another bucket hat on her head double hat <laughs> yeah Damn. and she was in the water i was like okay where's her mask is <laughs> what i was yeah, really right? thinking because like did our, you see any masks i saw one older um hispanic lady or native with a mask on she was real Out disheveled and you know, she wasn't getting in the water and she was like really obese and like 
Her clothes were on real crooked, like she wasn't well aware of her body. She's not sure what year it is. She thinks yeah. it's last year, and you're still. <laughs> or like maybe she wasn't mentally sound, and, yeah. and that was. Um, well, that's, that's that would make make. That's more cool sense. that that person seemed insane. Because <laughs> I didn't notice a single mask. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, so basically, full clothing is interesting because we know that there is nourishment that comes from the sun. Right. There is the uh, recharging. Like if you lay in the sun, you feel this like electrical, like your nerves are all tingling, you know, and it feels good. Cats do it. You know, you see them outside sunning themselves and our, our meatloaf was just doing that before we came down on the porch, like lay, rolling around. So her belly was to the our, side. Our meatloaf was doing it, but so was our cat. <laughs> yeah. I was making meatloaf in the, in my solar oven, <laughs> but also our cat meatloaf was sunning herself. So, um, there is nourishment that comes from the sun, right? But if we're spraying this stuff, I don't know, think about it like little flecks of metal, like reflecting things in different directions. Does, does, does it just fracture the sunlight rays and change the way they behave? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it, people say it all the time. I feel like I didn't get burned like I, uh, when I was a kid, like I do now. So many people say that all the time. I feel like the sun is changing. And they used to tell us that was a hole in the ozone layer. Yeah. That wasn't protecting us anymore. You don't hear that as often anymore. That just came up. That played itself out and they couldn't keep that one up. Right. And and and, and it wasn't just caused by hairspray um, right. from big 80s and 90s that. bangs. That was specifically <laughs> what they said caused the, yeah, not, not that, always. I'm sure, that's sci- what I said I'm sure that, anyone who follows science would be like, they what, never said that. What do they call them, like CFOs or something like that mm. in the, you know, like bad stuff in the spray. So you mm. need to go home and read the ingredients in your in your aerosol spray and you're going to have to change how you buy things. And, and so much stuff like, um, window cleaner and stuff that used to come in a spray bottle like that now comes in a squirt bottle, you know? Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's interesting. And hairsprays too. They come with a yeah, little so spray. They're saying like everything aerosol, aerosol yeah. is causing that. Yeah. Interesting. It was yeah, so yeah, weird. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, but now everybody's using aerosol spray for their sunscreen. So <laughs> I don't, yeah, right, I don't know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> But, but yeah, so we all, we can all agree the sun's changing, but then we can all also know that it's a gradual process. And when you're actually out in nature with your skin exposed early in the season, your skin works its way up to being able to handle, even if you're a light skinned person, it gets, it works its way up to being able to handle the, the sun in summer. I am a partially redhead person. Yeah. You're so red I beard. Have, I have fair skin is what. You know, I was told all childhood I had to wear sunscreen because I was, I burned easily. Yeah. And I did. I had a couple of really severe sunburns when I was a kid, like, cause I would go out quickly, you know, like I'd say, oh yeah, I put on sunscreen, you know, and I didn't or something. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, cause I, I just remember a couple of times where I was basically sick with sunburn. Yeah. Um, but, uh, now I don't wear sunscreen at all. And this actually got me into trouble that day a little bit because I said, yeah, I don't need sunscreen. I never wear it. And this is me. I'm outside for many hours every day uh, from winter into spring into summer. And I let my skin be exposed whenever it's appropriate. In the winter, I guess it's not because I'm wearing a coat. Yeah. And then in the spring, it's not if I'm wearing a coat. But then as I'm working, I take off my coat and I'm exposed to the sun. Yeah. And by the time summer rolls around, like 
I'm I'm pretty dark. Yeah, uh, you definitely have a farmer's tan. Yeah, um, if but I roll my sleeve up a little it's bit, very it, pale. It's revealing. But your your whole for you know your your whole forearm and part of your your upper arm is very tan and freckled. I could put my arms in the sun for a whole day. I feel and I'd be. You would not burn. I wouldn't yeah. burn. So when we went, of course, I said, oh, I'm not wearing sun. I didn't even say. It never came up. <laughs> like, I wasn't even thinking of putting on sunscreen. However, I don't wear shorts that often. I mean, I actually, I do, but it's always in the evening. After six or seven, I'm often in shorts, and I go outside, but that's as the sun's going down. Yeah, and that's how, when we do, when it's hot, we do our And I got hairy thing. legs, but they're also very <laughs> pale legs. Um, so when I spent a whole day out in the sun, my legs did indeed get sunburned but not bad because most of what you were doing was spectating watch me dad watch me and the yeah. way you were standing your back your legs were facing the sun for a lot of it and i didn't do a single slide the whole time because i hate lines so that's another thing like uh I'm, I'm think so what i was getting at was the sun has nourishment but because we are not in it enough we burn so our answer to that is to block the sun from our bodies with clothing and poison toxins so that we don't get burned and then we still don't have the nourishment and we don't work up to having, uh, being able to tolerate the sun. Right. Yeah. So me, when I was a kid, I never burned. I always said I w it was cause I was Italian. I had olive skin. I I'm real pale. I've got, you know, fair skin when you look at my face, but when I would go out this, I would look maybe a little bit pink the night after a full day in the sun. And the next day I would just have this rich tan and all summer I would have really, you know, dark tan. I'd wear a tank top and shorts all year, be outside or all summer riding my bike and everything. And I would just have a tan. And then at some point when I was in high school, I got my first sunburn and I was like, oh, this is what people are complaining about. And it was just small. But you know, I think my mom had talked me into getting some drug for acne and I didn't, I didn't have acne. I had like four zits. Was it, um, it was Accutane. It might've been Accutane. Cause Accutane is, uh, or it might've been an antibiotic. It's been explained to me is that it's like an overdose of vitamin D and you're like, you're supposed to not expose it's yourself vitamin to vitamin A. Vitamin A, mm -hmm. and you're supposed to not expose yourself to the sun when you're so on the, it. So the drug did have warnings to not be in the sun. And I don't know if it was that drug or if it was, uh, I don't think it was that drug. Yeah. I think it was a, an antibiotic or something uh -huh. crazy that also had that warning about the sun. And I got sunburned on the tops of my shoulders when I was like camping and I was on the beach all day. Yeah. And I was like, that was with my good friend, Stephanie. And we, we were, um, pro I, I didn't drive yet. I would have been like 14. So that sucked. I didn't like it at all. I went off that drug because it's stupid. And um, I would occasionally get sunburned like on the top of my shoulders or on my cheeks or my nose, you know, or on the top of my forehead if I had my hair back. And it would be pretty mild. So I'm not going to wear sunscreen. I don't wear sunscreen. I never really got into wearing sunscreen. So this time I'm like the same as ever. I put coconut oil on my body because that is good to be, because I'm going to be, we haven't even brought up chlorine which we're yeah. also bathing in. I would rather bathe in the piss that the, those people are releasing from their bodies and that water than be in that chlorine. It's like, it smells strong and it hurts. Like it stings your skin. Like it just seems bad. Uh, I'll, I'll just sideline here. Yeah. I, I, I'll point out, I don't know how many more chlorine pools I have left in me in my life. Cause I never liked it when I was a kid. I just didn't, you know, like why kind yeah. of a thing. 
but but it's a pool. It's you fine. Know, yeah. And, and I I was up for it any time, even though it was kind of like that's dumb. Like why does it make my eyes sting? Like why don't we just do it like we do in the lake in the pond? You know, and yeah. and the little uh, disposable pool that we put up at home. You know, or not disposable, but you know, yeah, plastic. Yeah. Um, uh, but now now that I view the world the way I do. I mean, unless I unless I get in line with everyone and and forget about all this conspiracy stuff, I think about like, I don't know. I had a hard time being in that water. Yeah. Like I had a hard time like wanting to soak in that, not just the chlorine, but also all the sunscreen. Yeah. How so there's so much in sunscreen in there. Like it's a sunscreen chlorine soup by the end of the day. Yeah. And we have, you know, our baby is gonna. He's. 20 months he's almost 21 months he's 20 months old so it seems weird to say months he's almost two yeah and he's never been in a chlorine pool and i've my mission since day one has to to be to protect his microbiome yeah and it was really hard for me to decide that this is what we were going to do and i was like i'm going to just bathe him in sauerkraut juice when we get home and just hope that helps right um he didn't like it he loves the water. He loves the bath. He loves the pool in the yard, but he, he did not like going in that water. I, I've never seen him not enjoy water. Yeah. And he didn't want to be in there. He was kind of being like me. You know, like I was trying to do the, at least like sit on the edge and, you know, be with him on the edge. And he was like, like, I'd like try to put his feet into it and he'd just be like, no, right away, instinctually, recoil, like pull like his legs coming up. back out of there. You know, eventually towards the end, he he kind of had fun with me for a minute, but he didn't want to be far away from me. He like wouldn't let his brother hold him in the water. He he just was not into it. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And we set up the little pool in the yard after that day. And since then, he's swam with his brother and that day. every day, splashing and laughing and you know going under and choking he, on his way up. Even if he's with me, like when I'm watering something. And I let the, the hose run and there's like, you know, a quarter of an inch of water on the ground. He's got his foot in it. He's, splashing, he's splashing in it, it. and it puddles and he's walking into the spray of the hose. Did he ever splash the whole time he was there? No. I don't think he ever no. splashed, which is what he does. Yes. That's his thing. He's splashing. He's and two, because you know? of the environment we were in <clears throat> and knowing that we were going to be at the water slides all day, I did have a swim shirt on him because he's, his arms are super tan and his cheeks, but his, his chest is not. He had, and I'm like next year, this, ba this baby's outside. All both my kids on, on our property outside without shirts on starting in the spring. Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's my plan for next year. A little more like the Epstein Island treatment for <laughs> For me, I can't do that. <laughs> that's so horrible. For I, I can't go outside without a shirt on, right? For a multitude of reasons. You can. Th thanks. But I feel like our neighbors wouldn't have a problem with it. There are plenty of places where we don't have neighbors. Okay, it's property. true. But um, So I prefer to wear a shirt <laughs> when I go outside. <laughs> but I almost always have a tank top, even, from the, even in the wintertime. I just put a cardigan over it. Like I have sweaters. Oh, I'm super aware of this. You don't know anything about my clothes. No, I mean that you rarely are shirtless. <laughs> no, I rarely am shirtless. So I have, I have like my, my shoulders like up to my, you know, a tank top is are nice and tan, no problems, but I wore a swimsuit and it had like a scoop in the back. So it came down like to my mid back mm -hmm. and it showed a little more of my chest. Like the straps were thinner 
than my normal tank tops. So I had white skin that had not been exposed to the sun and I just put coconut oil and I thought I would be fine, but holy fucking shit, I got so sunburned. You, you were sick with sunburn. I was I sick with sunburn. I, when I was a kid. It's a process. It's a painful process to build my skin back up. Yeah. I have so much peeling skin on my back right now. I'm like a lizard person and it's on my face as well. And I, it was not my whole face. It was just my forehead because I have bangs. Normally my forehead is sh shaded. I didn't think about that, but I pinned my bangs back because we were going to be in the water. Mm. And so the top of my forehead is, well, got sunburned because that wasn't exposed as much this year. Yeah. But anywhere where I've been tanned um, was fine. And I'm like, the coconut oil probably could have helped, but then I got in the water right away when I was there and just it like, just it wash it off. And, and then I'm like, just with my back to the sun all day, it was horrible. So I know why people don't want that to happen because that was horrible. But I also think if there wasn't chlorine, if I wasn't on cement the whole day, if I, yeah. if there wasn't aerosol spray and a 5G tower, like would I have gotten fried like that? Right. It feels like I was microwaved. Mentioning the cement too. That I mentioned really briefly aqua socks. I was like, yeah, I want some of those for that. Oh my God. Yeah. By the end of the day, it was like 95 degrees Yeah. and this, this pavement was so hot. So unless your feet were just wet from being in the pool and then you were running to another pool, it was like, oh shit, this is burning. Yeah. And it was like, it's textured concrete. So you don't slip when you're in a pool. And so like it was rough and then your feet are like softened from water and then you're yeah. walking on this hot, rough pavement. It was a bad combination. I got wise for the last several hours that we were there because I, I realized not long after we were there that like I'm not really doing the water thing here. Yeah. I, I would totally have done water slides if there wasn't a 45-minute wait to do one. The lines are what's wrong in America. Yeah, that's the only thing wrong in America is all the fucking lines we have to wait in. But <laughs> I'll digress from my line rant. Um, <laughs> uh, I got, I got wise after probably two hours there. I don't remember how long we were there total, but probably two hours in. So like halfway or close to halfway. And I was like, Oh, I'm putting on shoes because I'm finding myself like going, oh, I need to go over there and get this or that, but I'm going to stay here because I don't want to walk. Oh, right. Because my feet are killing me yeah. because they've been softened by the little bit of time I've been in the water and the concrete is rough. It's like different texture everywhere you go to. Like some places it's a little bit smooth and then other places it's a little bit rough and then other places it's like the pebble, pebble type yeah, concrete, yeah. you know? Um, so you're like changing all these textures and again, yeah, 95 degrees and uh, I put on shoes and I was like, damn dude, this is like a life hack. Like <laughs> wearing shoes like, is a life hack. <laughs> walking around on in this environment. And I guess it's particularly notable. I don't have like the toughest feet, not by any means. I have a hard time on even our driveway. Mm. Um, but I walk around I, I I think every day I walk around with shoes off. Yeah. You know, so my feet are not um not, not the wussiest. totally not yeah. total pussies. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> like kind of pussies, but not, not total pussies. Not total. <laughs> um and, uh, man, it made, it made, and, but it also, you know what else I started realizing like an hour after putting my shoes on, I was like, oh, you know what? This is going to keep me from going in the water at all. And I don't want to be in this water. Like yeah. it was like really clear to me after I wasn't, I didn't think too much about, I thought a little bit before we went, I didn't think too much about it while we were first there. But by the time I wasn't going in the water anymore, I was like, oh, 
I don't want to be in this water. Yeah. And by this time, I'm like becoming like maybe mildly obsessive with the amount of um, sunscreen that I see. Like, like because I was sitting at the table that we had in the shade, and I'm watching some other people. I'm just observing some people who, in the time that I'm sitting there, apply sunscreen a second time. Yeah. Like they're just sitting there, talking with a friend. And just putting and it putting on. And putting it on. And it's like you expect, you know, that looked normal. You know, someone's like talking and they're putting on sunscreen. And then they then you then I'm just sitting there, I'm eating some pistachios and chilling out. And then that same person, they're applying sunscreen <laughs> again. Is they are they doing this because it feels hot? And they're like, Oh, it feels hot. No, I, I think it's like this. every time they get out of the water and take a break. But this is reapplying. this is in one conversation oh, really? in one spot. Granted, they're standing in the sun, you know, like yeah. Like they're not, um, so weird. It's so weird. And you know what would be easier? Everybody, if they just blocked it out for us. Yeah. So right? they just needed the powers well, that be should be. That's just coming up it again. Out. Uh, they didn't mention Interscope X or Bill Gates or Harvard, but, um, they, they're, uh, I saw on Twitter trending in the news section the other day, they're, they're talking, uh, spraying reflective particulates into the atmosphere for what in quotes was what is now being called solar geoengineering. It's like, Oh yeah. Oh, now, is it now, now, calling, now that? calling that. Yeah. I've heard, um, a, heard a lot of stuff about China is really ramping their weather. This didn't mention, up. this didn't mention China at all. It was just mentioning it here and saying how that there's unfortunately, it was saying it in, from the point of view of unfortunately there could be a long road ahead because there might be environmental issues that would need to be overridden before we have the ability to do this. So, you know, it's like, it's putting it in everyone's minds like, oh, damn hippies are trying to stop us from blocking the sun. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so, so crazy. And I have to say, though, healing from the sunburn has been quite the ordeal. Yeah. I had to, like, call back on my um, training uh, for labor. Yeah. One night, it was like every nerve ending was alive there, and it was moving. It was like, it felt electric. And it was like really it's this itchy feeling, but you can't itch it cause it's a burn. It's like, as it started to heal, that was like where it was the hardest part. And then I, you know, I had to like, okay, I'm picturing these being nerve endings that are trying to heal my skin and I can feel it for a second and I don't have to act and I'm calm and then it dissipates. And so I kept finding that pattern and like to get myself to calm down. And I had to do that like consciously for like a half an hour to be able yeah. to fall asleep. Uh, it was like so gnarly rough. and it's such like a large area and it's weird. And then yesterday I was like sweating cause it was like 95 degrees again and I was outside and all of a sudden I felt like my back was all wet and, and I realized like, Oh, all these are blisters. I didn't even realize I was blistered. All these like water, I didn't either. tiny I hadn't, water blisters. I hadn't just... noticed any blisters. Yeah. But I didn't look at your back before that yesterday. Yeah. So, so they might have formed like overnight and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So anyways, water blisters and then I showered and then all my skin is just like coming off in like a big thing. It looks like a horror film. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> it's super gross. No, it doesn't actually look like a horror film at all. It looks, it actually looks really healthy. But the, yeah, the worst of it, like my face is all back to normal and everything. Yeah. Um, but like just this spot, this big area of my back is shitty. So I'm, I'm, I want to find some kind of tank tops or next year that would show that part of my back or wear my swimsuit outside more often. Mm-hmm. 
so that I can just like build up to that and then not have that happen again because that was really horrible. Mm-hmm. And also, screw the water slides. Like, I'm like, I was already thinking, like, is he old enough next year that we could just drop him off with a friend for the day? Like, yeah. our eight year old. I'm but like, well, he'll be nine then. Is that at old the same enough? time? Do we want to do that? To him? Yeah, to no. Him, like, but I mean, at the other, the things that were positive, super fun, joyful, yeah. running all day, yeah. so much exercise, all these stairs, swimming in the water, like new skills, making friends with strangers, learning how to play yeah. and wait in lines. Like it was, there's a, a lot a, of good parts. A bunch of good things for him. Yeah. Uh, not so much for us. Not, oh, you know, one other thing I want to mention too. Because I think we're wrapping up on the at least the oh yeah we are we're slides. well over an hour already yeah maybe we'll skip the last one or I'll br- mention it briefly but I'll mention this real briefly too is the I'm uh you know I'm I'm cool with the people use cell phones all the time Mike I'm 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 okay with that like I I I get over it right yeah like I don't I'm not uh, I'm not that that guy who shakes his fist and says damn kids these days on their phones you know like I get it it's not my thing. It's, it's everyone else's thing, and that's cool. I'm not mad at anyone for not looking at their partner when they're at a restaurant because they're both looking at their phones anymore. Mm-hmm. That bugged me five years ago. It doesn't so much anymore. I'm over it, but it was super notable to me for the first time in a while at how much cell phone usage there was at the, oh, yeah. at the water park. In the water. In the fucking water. Uh, like one was something I'd seen the last time we'd been to something like this, which was a few years ago. And it was probably brand new at the time. Now it's been perfected. They were like little bags that people kept their phones around their neck. Yeah, and it's it like keep it waterproof, but apparently it's still touchscreen. It friendly. was like Ziploc bags that were heavy duty that had like a string that went around your neck mm-hmm. so that you could use your phone through that thing and take pictures and underwater video and stuff. So a cool 25% of the people in the pool were on their phone yeah. while, in, while in the pool. There was a much, much smaller minority of people without those bags who would stand in the pool with their phone up above their head, looking up and using their phone. Yeah. And it's like, so what's the plan here? You'd go in like waist deep and do this for a few minutes and then you walk out. And then you go put your phone down before you like yeah. get in the I, like I and I, I don't know I would love to hear a statistic of how many people drop their phones in the water at any given day at that oh park. shit you know we saw I this, never saw the any you know the suicide jumpers on off the bridge earlier like what are the numbers for like the phone suicides like wow <laughs> that's like, a good question I don't know that sounds like a money maker see for the cell phone drop companies any of them I feel like no one has ever dropped a cell phone in their life because they're fucking except at the same time I am around enough cell phones that I see that it's rare that you see one without a cracked screen yeah a cracked screen or like a chunk out of plastic on yeah, the side or something that's goddamn yeah. insanity to me because don't those things cost like hundreds i think thousand? hundreds i don't know i have no idea ours uh, were like 30 dollars i know that most people choose their plans based on the free phone that they'll get yeah and i like, have to i have to choose my plan because they're discontinuing verizon will no longer carry my 2g cell phone yeah they won't and um they're they're telling me i have to go up to at least a 4g and uh, I can still have a flip phone, but it will be able to connect to the internet. Pretty and soon I, they'll be saying, yeah, you can still have a flip phone, but it's got to be 5G. And instead of being $20, it's $50. That's and I'm why like, I'm, I'm glad that I'm locked in with, I'm not, <laughs> that I'm locked in with no contract. <laughs> that you're uh, not locked in That with I'm not contract. locked in with a contract. And, um, you know, my Alcatel phone, I have a, I have a, uh, uh, 
I don't know what the right word is, a service provided to me through Cricket, and it's month to month, and if they ever stop supporting my phone, I can see if anyone else will. Yeah. Um, that's and it. That's, and that's so it. that's what I'm going to go to. I'm just going to grab that, because it's only 25 bucks a month. Um, so, but let's not talk cell phones. No, let's move I just on wanted to, to mention lastly, that. summer fun. You yeah. went to one more. Yeah, uh, just, uh, right? just two days ago, and I've already talked about this on Denver Gets Red Pilled, but it was real brief, and I'm going to keep it real brief here, too. Um, we went to our local Old Settlers Picnic, which is a celebration of 126 years of the small town that we're practically a part of. We're just outside of it. Um, it's a very small town. Um, this this uh, this this picnic has gone on for 126 years, um, and it's kind of cool. They have a bunch of little 19th century cabins that have they're supposedly historic that have been moved to the place and now it's just a park and it's all these little cabins dotted around the place and each one has a different theme and it's full of antiques it's a lot like a museum but the word museums never used and um uh our son is always asking me to go in those and they're never open yeah they're not open for the public that unless they um, have attendees there. So it's only for big events. Yeah. So they were open this weekend from uh, like noon till six each day. So we, we went one day and uh, we got to go through all of those. And those were really cool. Found a thing on my grandpa's best friend. Uh, nothing on anybody from our family that I saw. I told a few people that were there, part of the historic society of our endeavors out here. And, you know, I brought brought the the classic uh bringing tears to old ladies eyes when i tell them that sons are playing under great 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 grandfather's trees all that kind of fun stuff and the only reason that i'm really bringing this up is um it's notable this is a small i dare i say republican township town um it's uh I, I didn't realize how high the population was. Uh, it's uh, sixteen thousand. Okay. So it's much bigger than I. Yeah. Well, think much of bigger it. than it was when you were a kid. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was well. I would say it was probably more like five thousand. Uh huh. Maybe eight thousand when yeah. I was a kid. Something to those effects. Uh, so it it is it is blowing up. It's becoming a suburb, you could say, of Seattle or yeah. not Seattle of, of Bellingham. Uh, of Bellingham. Yeah. Um, so, you know, more and more people, more and more money's moving in there. Uh, but, um, uh, otherwise, you know, there's like little booths all through this place of people selling stuff and doing things. There's like booths that are just about the second amendment. Uh There are, uh, there are booths just about a church. Mm -hmm. Come join our church, you know, all this kind of stuff. But there was this woke quality to the place. Um, amongst those booths was, and I didn't even tell you about this one, was uh, Which Way Books, W-I-T-C-H Way Books, which was all books on the occult and Satanism. What? And uh, I never saw anyone visiting that booth, but the clearly trans people that were running the booth were there the whole time. Whoa. They were both reading books from their books. (laughs) Um, I just, it was like, whoa. That's weird. That's I don't know that so different. the trans aspect is probably woke, but the witch aspect, I don't know if that's woke, but it is woke in that they felt that they had to allow those people be there. Yeah. Cause there's no way, even like five years ago, 
that that would have been allowed at this time. No way. Event. Not in this town. Not no, in the, there's it. a Christian town yeah. with like strong family values. One of the reasons I hated growing up in this town was because there were there were more churches than people was yeah. something I would probably There's more said. churches than banks, but now there's a lot of banks. There's a lot of banks. Why now. are there so many banks? Um, yeah, like I, I felt that the place was way too Christian and it was that conservative 80s Christian. There were a lot of people who really hated me and my, my Ozzy Osbourne and Beavis and Butthead shirts. I mean, like yeah. really, they wanted me dead <laughs> for, for my choice in pop culture kind of stuff. And now amongst all these other booths is Which Way Books. Uh, the thing that I did tell you about, though, was we went to the uh, flag ceremony, which, uh, you know, I had the talk with the eight year old before we did about, you know, he know he knows how I feel about flags and all that kind of stuff and um, that we're going to keep we're going to be very respectful for it. And we're going to not tell anyone our opinions. And if they ask us to take off our hats, we take off our hats and we stand and we just we just go along with it. We're not there to make a scene. Which I was doing that because of what came right after the flag ceremony. But um, they had a, a, a trans high school student singing the national anthem. And I thought that was so weird. So freaking weird. Like, like, because what we were there for was they were giving, they were, they were introducing all of the town's oldest people the oldest residents the, the still oldest, oldest still living residents oldest still living residents and they were giving them like bouquets of flowers and it was all being presented by the mayor who i actually had a, a quite pleasant conversation with afterwards um and um these people i mean like one of the couples they were both in their 90s and they were both lifelong residents and they had been married. They've just, as he put it, we just celebrated our 68th wedding anniversary. And we'll be celebrating our 69th in six months. Um, <laughs> You're so old that six months six is months just is, It just happened and it's just about to happen. <laughs> um, and uh, I, it's like, did those people understand the wokeness that they were uh, subjected to? Like they don't understand the word trans. I'm certain of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like they don't, they don't comprehend this bullshit woke agenda that we were in the midst of, and yet that woke agenda is penetrating this little tiny town, and it's being pushed upon. Even if they can't see that it's happening, people in their 90s, who like all of the all of the people who were presented, except for one, were married. And they all said something about the importance of their marriage and the importance of their partner. And the one who wasn't married, I have a feeling, has is a widow. Aww. He uh, he was the only male who he had a tear in his eyes when he was given his his bouquet of flowers. And uh, our son said that uh, he heard him saying that he wished his wife could put him in a vase or something Aww. like that. Aww. So um, yeah. Uh, all these people are like traditional ass people. Yeah. These are the people that I hated in the, in the eighties. And now I'm saying, fuck man, they were a little onto something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those people are being subjected to wokeness without realizing it. And that's very bothersome to me. And so while I think that there has always been people that didn't feel like they had the traditional characteristics of their gender, there were tomboys 
and sissies. Mm-hmm. There wasn't people who were going out and having medical procedures to change their gender. That's yeah. that's that's been rare for a while, but now all of a sudden it's so common that there's multiple people at an event with you know a couple hundred people in a tiny town that are doing that, and that's because it's being pushed on people to say you get to choose, you have to figure it out. And they're pushing people who are younger and younger to figure it out. And like I've talked about before with my experience, I can't imagine if I was growing up in that day and age, what I would have ended up doing. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, like, I think it's notable. Like, I think the stereotype of the butch ass mom Uh who's tougher than any of the men in a town. Yeah. Is a thing that's been around for at least as long as this picnic has been around. Yeah. 126 years. Like, I think 126 years ago, there were, uh, quote unquote, heterosexual women who were tougher than all the dudes. And they, everybody kind of recognized this. Yeah. Or maybe not even tougher than, but as, but holds their own. Yeah. You know, like whether it be smoking cigars and drinking beer or whether it be uh, slaughtering cattle or yeah. whether it be just plowing a field, like all these things, it's like they're. They're, 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 they're tough and they're, that's cool. And I think likewise, uh, the, I think everyone was a lot tougher back then. So I don't think the poof aspect of being gay was such a thing, but I think that there were, uh, plenty of the stereotype of, of men who either led an, uh, an entire single life, like an entire life of lifetime of being single, uh-huh. or maybe even had a quote unquote, like partner. Sure. Like it's not ridiculous to imagine two men sleeping in a bed together around the turn of the 19th to 20th century, Mm -hmm. not sexually, but sharing a bed. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it like just might not have been a thing. And maybe it was, and and maybe they, and maybe they banged each other. I don't know. Nobody knew. Nobody cared. It was private as fuck. And that's what I mean. That's where I feel like it should be. And what mattered, what mattered to the people around them in all of these cases is were they productive members of society? And they were good people. If it was was two dudes who lived in a house together and were single their entire lives. People didn't ask questions. Never had kids and they produced plenty of whatever it was they did. Yeah. Then everyone was like, cool. Yeah. Like and no one cares. Nobody gave and a shit. And they've made it this huge issue to divide us and confuse us. And now our young people don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really sad. It's because it's not the odd person out that's just very different. They might even want to live differently and wear different clothes, whatever. But don't, this is just another foot into the medical industry. To say to even be a normie, normal, healthy, sexual being, you have to have some kind of surgery or some kind of drug. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fucked up. It's totally fucked up. Yep. And I don't want to get too into it because we were already at an hour and a half. Yeah, we're, but we've got I a want, long time. I want to mention that that same town that we're discussing about 15 years ago made national news because they had elected a girl 
as their prom king. Oh yeah, uh, what's their name? Westboro Baptist Church came to that town and protested. Yep. God hate the God hates fags people. Yeah, came and fine, protested. Fine folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally horrible pieces of shit. They came and protested at that time, and I wasn't very far away from my my stint as a, a butch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my, my most of my childhood. Yeah, I was I was close closer to that than I was to having a relationship. It was around with the time that you were part of that piss flag thing. The P flag. Yeah. Yeah. Not piss flag. <laughs> oh, I thought you said piss flag. <laughs> so, um, so I, uh, I remember being like, that's awesome. Like it was just, you know, a butch, uh, like I think she was, I think she had a female date. I think it was a lesbian and it became like a really, really big deal. And they made national news and like this, this is no longer making national news. This is, this is not, it's not a big deal. And it's, it's like this, this wasn't even a girl who was trying to transition or live as a man. It was just no. a lesbian that they thought would be a great prom king. I, I almost went to that, uh, to protest the pro I knew that Westboro was going to be there. And I was like, dude, those are the people that are outside Slayer shows and shit. Like, we should go tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's go fuck with them. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, well, what was I also going to note? Oh yeah. Um, it, was it two episodes ago when we talked about wink, wink, yeah. uh, you talked about a gay, when you were talking about that piss flag stuff, <laughs> it was at some gay coffee house. Yeah. And I said that the I gay knew, bookstore. I knew of one in the small town yeah. over this small town in the nineties. It was this small town. It had a, it was like a bookstore slash coffee shop. Yeah. And it was known to be the gay place. Well, and it was owned by the person who then became the... The, the famous drag queen around drag here. Drag queen. And not, not they didn't transition. They live as a man and they they perform as a woman. Yep. Uh, so, so this place has kind of always had, even though being a small town, even though I hated it when I was a kid mm-hmm. because I thought it was too churchy. Yeah. Uh, it also had a gay. There was a place. scene. Yeah. Of course, I was also kind of, kind of maybe the time bit homophobic in a way. When like you were a kid. In a, in a yeah. middle school in a sort of like. Protective way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, I didn't really care about that kind of stuff. I didn't see that as them standing up against the other people I hated. They were just like all people I kind of hated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They all hated Ozzy Osbourne. Right. You know, <laughs> like, uh, and. Um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird dynamic, but what I do think, I think that those, I feel very bad for those people in their nineties who were honored by a trans person, which not that like, like I'd be fine with the trans person honoring them. It's just that this, this agenda is going on. And if I remember correctly, they weren't very good singers. Oh, it was horrible. Okay. It was, it was so if odd. they, if they blew you away with their voice, you might not even have made this right, point to me. Right. If they were, if they were such good singers that, but instead it was like the female firefighter that can't carry the hose up the stairs. Yeah. And we're all celebrating her not carrying a hose up the stairs. <laughs> it was like this singing was really, really bad, but they're trans. So it's great. <laughs> Cause it was, I, I made it maybe sound when I was describing it earlier that it was a trans person saying the, the, uh, it was uh, the national anthem, but it was uh, it was four high school students, mm-hmm. and uh, it was very racially diverse. There was one white girl up there, um, and then like an Asian boy and uh, this trans person. They were they were clearly a male mm-hmm. uh, dressed as a woman. Okay, uh, like I thought that this person was a lesbian. 
before they started because they were right in front of everyone making out with their girlfriend off to the side of the stage. Oh, wow. And I thought, no shit, is that going to be one of the performers, this lesbian girl? And they're, and they're like making out so that everyone will see that she's a lesbian right before she goes on. And then when she went up on there, their shirt was undone all the way. Like the only one uh, button buttoned was below the belly button. So they're like would have been their boobs were hanging out, but it was clearly a, a male. Oh, it was like born a, a male, but looked and dressed like a woman and making out with a lady. And they had like hips to some degree. I mean, maybe, I'm, I'm maybe it was a high school girl that had, had top surgery already. Oh no, that could you know, be. And that's, that's also crazy. But you I'm, know, I'm also yeah. terrible. I, I say they may have had hips. I don't know. I'm terrible at judging these You're things. You're so bad at it. I'm, and and I'm it had more to do with that that shirt was tucked in and their belt was tight. Yeah. And it might have been pulled up too high. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, whatever There's, they did, they were making themselves look female. Look feminine and uh, making out with a lady and um, probably a dude. It's very confusing times for people. Yes, uh, super confusing. And I, I, the one savior to those elderly people... Was that they didn't see that making out? They didn't. They were. They were kind of in their own world. Yeah. Amongst their friends, and they were catching up. Yeah. And they they had to have attention drawn to them that it was time to stand for the for the national anthem, and most of them didn't even stand because they're old and yeah. geriatric. Aw, aw. I like that you went to that part. <laughs> that was the reason that I wanted to. See, that's the reason I put up with the flag ceremony. It's the reason that I had the talk ahead of time about being respectful for this flag ceremony because I didn't want to disrespect something in front of old. I, I wanted to, to see and hear the old people. 68 years married, man, dude, that is that I, I'll be honest. I cried a tiny bit. Aww. I mean, I didn't, and <laughs> I didn't cry, <laughs> cry as they but I, I had a, a, a tear in my eye as you know, the guy took the microphone and he said that, um, he's made a lot of decisions in his life. Some were good, some were bad, some were in between, but the only one that ever mattered was, was choosing his wife. Aww. And, um, you know, and she was like, what? <laughs> uh, no, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't say what, but she like probably couldn't hear him. Aww. You know, she seemed to be like kind of looking around as he was saying that. Um, and like that guy that was by himself, he didn't hear his name called. A lot of these people couldn't see or hear that well. Aww. So they didn't, they just had no idea that this, well, they probably even walked past that Which Way Books and didn't recognize that there was like. You know, there's something to be said with that. And I wonder if they, they are to the point where they've lived in a long enough life to see all these trends come and go and to know that it fads come and go and yeah. see that it just doesn't actually it matter. It just doesn't matter. We just had our wedding anniversary six months ago and we're just about to have it <laughs> in six months from now. You Aww. know, like time flies when you're in your 90s, so it seems. And it makes the 80s seem irrelevant. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, so, tons of uh, wholesome family summer fun that we've been having. And it's really, I really feel. And the summer's just begun. You know, I mean, not just begun. We're, we're, we're almost in August it's almost now. over. But, uh, well, no, we're like halfway. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then it still goes for a while into the fall. You know, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't just end when it ends on, on the equinox. Um, and I 
you know, I don't know how permanent my new schedule is going to be, but I don't think it's going to be switching back anytime soon. You know, if we can keep it that way for a while, it'll be good for our homestead. We're, we're making enough money. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's better for the home and the family. To we, be we're making more. enough money and we make it enough money. That's a good way to put so it. So that's always what's more important is that we live within our means and, and we've saved money so we can do these things. Like we're hoping to go to the fair when that happens here in a couple of weeks and, you know, let the kid ride the rides and see the animals and eat like some giant corn dog oh, or I'm something. Go- I'm going on the rides. You are? You're going on the rides too? Oh, I'll go on the rides. There's no chlorine in those rides. <laughs> in fact. There's probably a 5G tower it's, though. <laughs> it's rudimentary electricity that's running those things. It's, it's, they, those those have been in in function for 40 years, those exact rides <laughs> those exact that rides. we're on. And those, those <laughs> same old convict uh, carnies no. putting them together, no, new all, ones every all year. All those guys have died. They yeah. die every year. <laughs> they, they die off in the cold snap, and they grow new ones. <laughs> grow new carnies. Oh, yeah. Well, this has been like one of our longest episodes. It's really, really fun to talk to you and it's it's morning time and we need to get to work i have cucumbers to pick and put in a a jar to start to ferment and we've got stuff coming up in the next couple of days and i'm just feeling uh, happy to be here with you me too it's been great Mm -hmm. and thanks for everyone for listening um again if you want to reach out about the workshops go to greenerpostures.com slash workshops and you can see a schedule there and sign up. Um, I'm also offering the replays. So if you miss like the condiments workshop or if you can't come to a live workshop and you want to still purchase the class and the PDF booklet, you can do that um, on the greenerpostures.com slash sign up. All right. Thanks to everybody. Oh, also follow me on Instagram because I learned how to make reels. And I'm really obsessed with yeah, it. She's getting like 11Ks. Yeah, I had one that, uh, that had 11,000 views, which is weird to me. I don't know who's looking at them. I think they're mostly foreign people because I had like they're a lot all of bots. Filipino um, people without profile pictures following me after I'm that. I'm pretty well aware that it's anything not real. outside of my vision doesn't exist and that it's all just a program. Yeah, so <laughs> basically I think it doesn't matter. But what I am saying is that it's, I understand how to edit these videos and it, it's really fun. So I'm really enjoying it. If you want to see the evolution of a, a, you know, a can of or a jar of fermented pickles from what they look like on day one to day three, I've got a reel for that. I've got a reel for making some sourdough on the barbecue and it's fun. And I'm not making my YouTube videos right now, which I'll probably start to do again in the winter. Um, so if you want to see food pictures from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Greener Postures. That's great. All right. Peace out, everybody.